It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, DC? Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Wizards with SB Nation's Bullets Forever writer, Ben Mehech, and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We are your hosts, and you are now Lockdown Wizards, where you get everything Wizards basketball. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may listen to podcasts. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. We have a great show ahead of us and a ton to get into. Ben and I will be going over the Washington Wizards' latest win against the D- Detroit Pistons, a standout performance by the newest Washington Wizards in Daniel Gafford and Bradley Beal's um, injury, what that could mean for the Wizards moving forward, and uh, and in uh, a viral video that that really leaked out of Brad talking to his AAU team. Ben, first let's let these guys know um, that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Lockdown15, and you'll get fifteen percent off your next order. Later in the show, Ben will tell you everything you need to know about Built Bar. Ben, my friend, I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, the Wizards did. They, they picked up a win against the Detroit Pistons. They're 16th on the season. So, yeah, man, um, they played Saturday night, um, got a much-needed win. And uh, prior to the game, Washington had lost eight of their nine, eight of their last nine games. Uh, Westbrook had another triple-double. 19 points, 19 rebounds, 10 assists. Ben, uh, Russ tied the uh, franchise record for most triple doubles um, in in franchise history at 15. Uh, He did it in just 37 games. Um, Bradley Beal, he only played 21 minutes because of uh, his hip injury. And and Ben, new wizard Daniel Gafford, 13 points, five rebounds, three blocks in 14 minutes of playing time. Um, Let's get into it, man. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope your weekend was great. What do you think about our wizards? What do you think about Daniel Gafford? And we have so much to discuss still about this trade. Tommy Shepard pushed through. So yeah, man, how you doing? What's happening? Doing well, man. Look, the wizards, I th- what are they contending now? They beat the Detroit Pistons. Like they're the right Pistons there with are... the Lakers, man. Oh, they're right man. there. They're up there. They're contenders now. Somehow the wizards, uh made this one a difficult win i mean i was looking up and down the pistons roster you and i covered this league for a very long time pistons have been mediocre for a very long time kind of in the same boat as the wizards they've blown it all up and i respect troy weaver in that way troy weaver as we all know very close to getting tommy shepherd's job dmv native the wizards loved what he did in oklahoma city thunder didn't ultimately end up hiring him. Obviously, the Pistons made that move. He got to Detroit and said, hey, Blake Griffin, see you later. Hey, Derek Rose, see you later. We're going to blow this thing all the way up. Hope we get Cade Cunningham and rebuild from the ground up. The opposite of what the Wizards are trying to do. But I can respect the Pistons for doing that because they live in reality. They understand they're not going to win a championship with the roster they had. They understand that Blake Griffin was over the hill. They understand that Derrick Rose was still somewhat of an asset that they could get draft picks for. And it's probably time for them to rebuild. And the Wizards are doing the opposite. Yet somehow the Wizards dropped the 30-point lead on Saturday. You look at this roster, unrecognizable. Most of these players can walk around Detroit and never get recognized by as NBA players aside from their height. 
And I and I'm and I'm not even saying that to be funny. I mean, nobody no. nobody sticks out on this roster. It's very hard to name five players on this roster. Yet the Wizards somehow blew a thirty point lead, and I think that's partially because Bradley Beal got hurt, which speaks right. to how much this team depends on Bradley Beal. But it was hard. I mean, th- this game was this game was confusing. I mean, Jerome Robinson. It is, got- but Ben, you know, these guys they've had games without Brad. I know very yeah. few, and games without Russ too, and they've looked very capable. Uh, very ready. They didn't look very prepared, right? Ben, they only got to the line nine times. What does that It was a continuation of, of, of what we've seen from the Wizards recently, where they haven't looked prepared, where they've kind of looked sluggish. But, you know, their saving grace on Saturday was the fact that they're playing the Pistons. Because if they had played a little bit better of a team, they would have lost that game. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, I get, I get it. It's a win in the win column. Fact of the matter is, this team only has four more wins than the Pistons. And like I said, this Pistons team has virtually nobody that sticks out. Right. So it's a win in the win column. But when you look at how they got there, the fact that they dropped the 30-point lead and had to fight and claw their way to win in the fourth quarter. It was so sad watching that run. It's a too. moral loss. It's a moral loss. We hear yeah. about moral victories, but this is a moral loss. So I'll give them the win. But in reality, it's not much to take away from it. The rotations were still kind of odd. Jerome Robinson hadn't played in a month and a half. Got 18 minutes here, didn't do much, zero points, 0 for 5 shooting. Scott Brooks still said he he liked the way he played, uh, kind of confusing there. Right. Then Yavdia got the start, 5 points, still looked hesitant, missed some open threes. You mentioned the Russell Westbrook triple-double. I think we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Rui Hachimura dunk. I right. think it was over Isaiah Stewart. Um, he let out a sort of a roar. Scott Brooks said that he'd like to see him play with that intensity going forward. I agree with right. Scotty there. I think if Rui plays with that intensity, um, you know, he could he could reach a sort of all star level. But yeah, I don't know what is there anything else that you want to say about this? Ben, I, yeah, I guess there there's a <laughs> there are some there are some good takeaways. There's some very strange takeaways. I I like to get you know your um the one thing that really just shoots out to you after this win, as you call it, a moral loss. This was, I mean, it, it, it was so sad watching guys like Wayne Ellington, Isaiah Stewart, and uh, Mason Plumley lead this charge as the Wizards were up 30 points and uh, get close to, you know, almost uh, making this a, a, a close game to, to, to winning without, you know, a, any stars on their team. But Ben, yes, they've been having a, a strange season. But Ben, I mean, there's, there's so much, on the Wizards end, so much, to really dive into Jerome Robinson, 18 points out of nowhere. He feels like he hasn't played in eight years. I think you, we were talking earlier before the show, you said a month and a half, two months, something around there. Uh, You know, we had obviously Daniel Gafford, his big debut, very, very, uh, a great debut. Garrison Matthews was taken out of the starting rotation, but still given starting, starting minutes with Denny Advia taking his role. And then, yeah, Ben, um, obviously we already talked about, uh, Russell Westbrook and, and and his night tying that franchise record and and Ben I guess Robin Lopez continuing to be uh that that uh consistent and then of course what is a Wizards game without you know a random player getting one minute uh Cassius Winston was thrown in there for one minute so Ben so much uh, it really was odd a lot that I saw but what I, I guess out of everything some, some stuff that I'm, I'm I definitely didn't name everything but what, what was like the weirdest thing that you saw? What was the strange? Honestly, what, what was kind of odd is seeing how Neto and Robin Lopez still on the team. And, and, and the fact okay. that Tommy okay. Shepard said that he wants to bring them back. I'm going to tell you something bluntly. I'm going to tell this listener something bluntly. If Robin Lopez and Hal Neto are back next season and they're playing the amount of minutes as they're playing this season and the roster is basically the same as it was this season, the Wizards will, will, will have a losing record again. 
Oh, yeah. It'll be this, almost the same thing. Right. No, it, w- it would be the same thing, yeah. plus probably a lottery pick, which if they don't land in the top five, you're probably going to have another project player, which the Wizards can't really take on because they have way too many of those on the roster. So why I say that is they could have probably gotten a second-round pick or a couple of them for Hal Neto and Robin Lopez. They're both on expiring contracts. They're both veteran players who, in all likelihood, won't want to return. Why would you return? If you're Robin Lopez, you're at the end of your career. You can sign with the Brooklyn Nets, as we've seen. They're hoarding veterans. You can mm-hmm. sign with the, with the Lakers. They're hoarding veterans as well. You can always be the 14th player on the bench, win a championship, and, and end your career in a winning way. Why would you return to Washington? And this is what the Wizards did with Trevor Ariza a couple of years ago, where they could have gotten a first-round pick for him, yet they held on to him. And what? In the summer, he went to Sacramento. So you're letting these expiring contracts leave without getting anything in return. To me, it's it's it's... GM malpractice doesn't make any sense. You can't really logically explain it. And Tommy Shepard explains it by saying, we'd like to bring him back. But the reality is Trevor Reza didn't come back for that, re- for that reason. And most veteran players don't want to end up on a, on a team like the Washington Wizards because they want to win. And the Wizards haven't shown over the last couple of years that they can do that. So seeing them get continuous minutes, seeing Troy Brown Jr. play well when he should have been getting backup minutes in Washington instead of Hal Neto, it's all very confusing. And I think, honestly, at this point, we're just waiting to see, like, What's going to happen in right. the offseason? Because I think the writing is on the wall in terms of how the season is going to end. Ben, I agree 100% with you and, and you bringing up Troy Brown Jr. He seemed like he loved uh, his debut in Chicago. Uh, the floor was nice and spaced out for him. He was able to get up shots. He was able to do what he does. It's, he seemed free. He seemed like he uh, was playing his type of basketball, and I'm happy for him. Uh, it's, I mean – this is not surprising for either one of us, Ben. We, we, we've talked all season about how, how much he's capable of it. And we have so much to get into about Troy Brown Jr., Mo Wagner, and our new guys, right? Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson. We got a yeah, I mean, big, big uh, trade talk and uh, really the good and the bad from all that. But before we get into all that, guys, um, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Ben loves it. He uses it for all his NBA, college hoops, and NHL action. Uh, he even bets it. He even uses it to bet on award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you may listen. Ben, let's get into it, my man. Let's get into it about... Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson, they're new. They are new to the D.C. area. And uh, let's talk about our guys, Troy Brown Jr., Mo Wagner, um, the two guys that we know and love who are who have left. Um, we wish Mo very, 
wish Mo well in Boston. We, we wish Troy Brown well in Chicago. Ben, I guess since I know that you did a, a podcast already, um, you know, by yourself, you discussed this, um, this trade. I want, I want to ask you, we haven't really had, uh, you know, time to discuss it. Ben off, just off the rip, Tommy Shepard's trade. Do you like it? Or do you don't like it? And if you do like it, you don't like it. What's your grade you're giving it? I mean, I know all these experts are giving, you know, A, B, C, D. Are you, do, do you see yourself giving Tommy Shepard maybe a B, maybe a C? Is he, are you going to give him an F? Are you going to throw him out of your classroom? What are you going to give him here? This is funny because this trade, when it happened, people are like, Wodge bomb. No, it's probably like a Wodge spark, right? But it's funny how when the Wizards are involved, all these seemingly uneventful trades have a layer of complexity to them whereas other teams don't because on paper this trade makes sense we've talked about the Wizards needing size a defensive presence a lob threat they haven't had a lob threat since JaVale McGee and I'm not counting Dwight Howard because he only played nine games so the Wizards haven't had a lob, lob threat since 2010 right, right that's a problem so they they got one in Daniel Gafford he's a rim protector you mentioned the three blocks in 14 minutes um, he's, he's a lob threat in the sense that Westbrook can be overlooking for him. He was able to go and get it, dunk the ball, adds a little dimension and a wrinkle to their offense. He gives them what they need. Right. But then you dig a little deeper here. It's like, yeah, you gave up 21-year-old Troy Brown, who you had, had the 15th pick on. You said that you were going to commit to developing him. Last year, it showed. I mean, he was the star player in the bubble. They let him lead. They basically committed their entire bubble to seeing what Troy Brown was, and he played well. 15.7 rebounds, four assists. He looked like he was going to start. Did Obviously great. fell out the rotation. And now he's playing good basketball in Chicago. And one outing, eight points, three for four shooting, three assists, 14 minutes. Uh, they let him handle the ball, what he, he should have been doing in Washington all along. So then you look at it fundamentally, this is an F. I mean, fundamentally, this this is a flat F. Lockdown lit. Oh, the lockdown listeners. You just gave Tommy Shepard an F. Yes, I think they, I I think think they agree with give you. himself enough. I, 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 I think, think they he would agree give with himself you. enough because you <laughs> traded your 15th pick, a 21-year-old player, for a player who was traded, who was picked in the second round, who couldn't get playing time for a bad Bulls team. And I'm not saying that Daniel Gafford is bad because I think he does give the Wizards things that they need. I mentioned the lob threat, the added athleticism, the size. Their center rotation is among the worst in NBA history. And I'm not even, I'm not even saying that. There's, no, there's barely exaggeration there because that's how bad the wizard center rotation is. Mm -hmm. So Daniel Gafford will give him something. He's a project. He's 22 years old. He's somewhat intriguing, but Scott Brooks calling him a keeper after playing 14 minutes, 14 minutes. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. No, no, no. He's a, he, he was picked. He was picked like 40th overall, right? He's not right. a keeper. The, the bulls traded him for a player. You couldn't play on in your rotation, right? He wasn't a keeper two days ago for Chicago. Now he saw suddenly a keeper. Well, he's, he's a, a keeper. Ladder. He is a keeper in D.C. to Scott. Ben, I love that take. And uh, let's get – I mean, I want to just dive right into it, right? And um, I, I guess by doing that, we just got to compare these guys, right? And maybe that's not fair because, you know, Chandler, Daniel Gafford, um, they they played less games than Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner. But we still will compare them. Um, they're all young guys. They are all role players. And they have all found a way um, – to get lost in their rotations, really, like just really, it seemed like all four of them have had like obsolete roles, uh, very wishy-washy roles. Um, and obviously uh, Chandler Hutchinson, he has been out uh, due to COVID. We wish him well. But right now, let's get to comparing these guys. So so Daniel Gafford, right? Ben, off the rip, 
I just want to say that this guy, I mean, he's like you said, he is the focal point of this trade for the Wizards, right? This is this is what this is um, the player that means the most, you know, in this trade for the Wizards. Seventy-four games with Chicago. So out of those seventy-four games, he has had eleven games with double digits. His career high in points, twenty-one points. I know that he's not a scorer. Um, he and, and and as a center, as a young, um, you know, rim protecting center. Good re- we saw a good rebounder, five rebounds in 14 minutes. Ben, um, his games with double-digit rebounds out of 74 games, he's had one. His career high is 11 uh, with that. Um, and uh, and then, but Ben, th- there's a lot of good to go with Daniel Gafford, right? I mean, all his defensive numbers, uh, his per 36 is great. But Ben, uh, game out of those 74 games with Chicago, uh, Daniel Gafford has 30 games with two or more blocks now he has 31 games with uh with, with the wizards now but um ben his career high is six so that's that is something to take away that that's very that that's great he's never had a double double before uh but he was never really given the minutes um on chicago right chandler hutchinson he's 24 years old he's about to be 25 in april actually him and mo wagner have the same uh birthday april 26 strange 79 games with chicago uh, he has had 13 games with double-digit points. His career high is, uh, as well as Daniel Gafford, 21. Uh, ben, he's had one double-digit game with rebounds. Uh, his career high is is 12 in that matter. Uh, he had he's had one double-double. Um, his career three-point percentage, um, he's 29 percent. He's shot uh, 27 for for 91 overall. Um, so Ben. These guys, you know, I mean, Daniel Gafford, he's 22 years old. Chandler Hutchinson, he's about to be 25. Um, comparing them to now Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner. So now, obviously, we know that Troy Brown is 21. He's the youngest of the bunch. But Mo, right, he's about to be 24 in April. Uh, he's, he played 43 games with, with, with the Lakers, 70 games with the Washington Wizards, and he just played his second game with the Boston Celtics. Poor guy got traded literally, like, a half hour after he, you know, he got traded the first time on the trade deadline, but Ben for, for Mo Wagner, um, he's had 34 games in double digits for points. His career high is, uh, is 30. Um, did that with the wizards. Um, he's had, uh, he's had four games in double digits with, with, with rebounds. His career high is, is 15 and, uh, and he's had two double doubles. So again, Ben, you know, he is, he's a role player. Uh, he's an energy guy off the bench, and he's a he's a, a great asset to have really for your front court. And um, Ben, he's done. I think he's done really well for the for the opportunity that he has been given for the three years that he spent in the three teams that he's now been on. I'm not going to count Chicago, but uh, with Boston, I think they got a good one. He'll be a great role player. Um, Troy Brown Jr. Ben, 142 games with the Washington Wizards. As we say, they they used their 15th overall pick on Troy Brown. Um, he's had 42 games with, um, 10 or more points. His career high is 26. Um, he's had, uh, seven games with double digits and in, in, in rebounds. Uh, his career high is 14 Ben and, uh, his career high in assists is, is eight. Um, and he, and he's almost, uh, dished out 300 assists in the league, scored over a thousand points in the league, grabbed almost 600 rebounds in the league. He's had six double doubles, Ben, um, and 
and he's had eight games where he has, has scored either at least five points, five rebounds, and five assists. So this guy, he stuffs the stat sheet um, unlike any other guy it, uh, in this trade. And Ben, like you said before, his bubble numbers, uh, shot, uh, averaged over 15 points a game, averaged over seven rebounds a game, almost five assists a game, over 33 minutes a game, Ben. And then right after the bubble to start this season, he now has a role where he's averaging less minutes than his rookie year. How that makes sense, we will not get into it. We don't need to get into that. But but those are just really basic numbers. They don't tell a lot. Um, but they they do for, for status really in the NBA, I guess, like for the opportunity that you're making do with. Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner, they have made do with their opportunities much more than Daniel Gafford and uh and Chandler Hutchinson. Um, that's not to say that that Chandler Hutchinson and Daniel Gafford won't have more opportunities to 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 make uh you know make hay while the sun's shining, and that would be great. But we're not talking about what's going to happen in the future, what could happen. We're talking about what has already happened. And Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner have proven every single season that they are much better than both of these players. This was an absolute loss, and that's great that they added more size a rim protector, a lob threat. They need that stuff, Ben. You are right. But really, if you're going to play him 10, 14, 15 minutes a game, and obviously those games we will probably see, you know, him slip to a one minute a game, maybe zero minutes a game, like an Alex Lynn, like a Mo Wagner. We don't know what's going to happen, but if he does get 13, 14 minutes a game, you can't expect him to, to, to give you 14 uh, points, five rebounds, I think three blocks, whatever he had. Can you expect that every single game? I mean, how how effective can a player be within 13, 14 minutes if that's all you're going to, going to give him? That's fine. But you, you gave Troy Brown such a chance last season. You took that away from him this year with no sort of uh, explanation whatsoever. He did great in the bubble. He did great all season last year. And he was on his way to continue improving. But the Washington Wizards, Scott Brooks, Tommy Shepard, they chose to not give this kid the opportunity to, to really grow his career, to, to, to grow with the team whatsoever. That's, a, that's completely on both of them. Absolutely ridiculous. Awful trade. I'm, I, I'm pretty much done, but I don't, I, I don't know if you have any, anything else about this trade. Look, I, I think you're angry at the fact that how the Wizards punted on his development. Something I hate that. I absolutely hate that, Ben, because yeah. kids – 21-year-old kids that are capable to score, capable to rebound, capable to pass, capable to defend well. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I'm trying to uh, that I'm making Troy Brown Jr. sound like a full package guy here, but Ben, when we when we talk about role that's players, that's why they drafted him. Yeah, when we're talking about role players. He he was he did he did that's a little bit of everything. Absolutely. So yes, um, I mean may, maybe I do sound a little upset. I I'm more upset with just I mean, <laughs> the happiest player, the happiest person involved should be Troy Brown. 100%. He should be. He should be thrilled. Hundred percent, because because it was clear that from the end of last season to the beginning of this season, something in the Wizards' mind in terms of how they their perception of Troy Brown shifted greatly. Because the way they spoke about Troy Brown was, you know, we're giving him this bubble chance to lead the Wizards. We'll see what he can do. He played point guard. Starting, he was playing point guard, leading the team. Sure, they were losing, but he looked like he was improving. They committed basically the entire bubble series to developing him. The offseason starts. They sign Howell Neto. 
we start talking to Scott Brooks and we ask Scott, what does this mean for Troy Brown? And he flat out says, doesn't mean much. Troy's never a point guard. What do you mean? We signed Helen Neto. He's a point guard. Troy's not. So right there, that's curious, right? You played him at point guard in the bubble. And now he's playing this wing sort of spot up position that he never should have played and isn't why you drafted him 15th overall. So right there, something, something odd happened, something in their, in their perception of Troy Brown changed greatly. And obviously once the season started, he was done. His career in Washington has been over. It was over last month. It was over the month prior. His, his career in Washington ended right when the season began. He was done. He was done. They were done with him. And this isn't, and it makes no sense because I'll say this to you, Anthony. What was it 82 days? It was like 82 or 83 days. Exactly. It's hard after their last game until training camp. This gets deeper, Anthony. This is deeper. And I'll I'll say this. I'll say this to you, Anthony. Welcome to covering the Washington Wizards. That's all I'm going to say. I'll I'll say a name Kelly Oubre. The Wizards, the Wizards traded up for Kelly Oubre. They traded Jerry and Grant in a pick for Kelly Oubre because they loved him. And then push came to shove. His contract was expiring. They said, see a Cali. We'd rather have a 94-year-old Trevor Ariza. Yep. Right? No, you're not yet. And you're seeing the same thing with Troy Brown, where it's an indictment on what you're doing. Tommy Shepard, you had a hand in drafting this guy. You told us he was the, he was the next great backup point guard. He was, a, he was the glue guy. He was a jack of all trades. He was, the, he was the army knife or the army Swiss army knife, right? He could do a little bit of everything. And... You punted, you punted him for a second-round pick in Daniel Gafford. But here's another thing that I got to ask you, Anthony. The Chicago Bulls hired Billy Donovan out of the organization, outside of the Bulls organization. They hired Arturis Kornishevats from the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. They both assessed this team from an objective point of view. Right. In Washington, didn't hire a new coach. Scott Brooks has been there for five years since Ernie Grunfeld has been there. Tommy Shepard has worked for the Washington Wizards for 16 years with Ernie Grunfeld. So then you look at them and you say, of course they're not going to assess this team objectively. So you have to, you have to put the blame on Tommy Shepard. He was just as much oh, as is. Oh, it is. It he is. was just as much as Tommy Shepard's pick as he was Ernie Grunfeld's because you worked for Ernie. You were the right-hand man. So you pick Troy, 15th overall, and you punt on him for Chandler Hutchinson, who, I'm going to put it bluntly again, will not be on the Washington Wizards next season. You're not and wrong. Is, You're not play. wrong. And Daniel Gafford, who's a second-round pick, who is an athletic big man, but that says more about the Wizards. Hey, you had 10 years to sign an athletic big man, and you couldn't? The best you could do was Dwight Howard, and he gave you nine games. John Wall, year after year, begged Ernie Grunfeld to Tommy Shepard, please give me a big man. And he did it publicly. He would say, you know, next year, it would be nice if we had an athletic big I could throw some lobs to year after. You know, it'd be nice if we had an athletic big. We need to get more athletic the year after. Hey, we need to get more athletic. Mm-hmm. And what they give him? With all due respect to Marcin Gortat, who's a great pick-and-roll big man, that man couldn't jump over a phone book. I Lene love Gortat, but you're right. You're book. right. You are right. Oh, Wagner can't jump over a phone book. Alex Len, all these guys, they do other things well, but they're not lob threats that athletic guards who cut to the basket need. Daniel Gafford is that guy, but plenty of teams have him. And now we're making exactly, him Exactly, but like, like to what – exactly. Right. Stop it. To what extent is Daniel Gafford for a lob threat, like this, this unbelievable lob threat, this rim protector – you're right, Ben. He's a he's a role player. He's he's a fun I mean, dude. He's a fun young player. He's intriguing. He's intriguing. but this this will not sway this this season whatsoever. No, of course it won't. Of course it won't. It's a cost controlled. They have them for next year. They have options in the year after. They'll be able to keep them on the roster without blowing their bank up. Right. Tom Thomas Bryant will come back. They'll have some versatility there with Gafford. 
on paper, I don't hate the trade as much, but fundamentally, you look at how it occurred, the fact that they punted on Troy Brown's development, and they got a second-round pick, basically, back in Daniel Gafford. That says a lot about the Washington Wizards. And if you're Ted Leonsis, the owner, and you're seeing that, hey, you guys told me Troy Brown was going to be the next great role player in this league, and you guys just punted him for a second-round pick, you have to start raising your eyebrows and questioning what this front office and coaching staff is doing. And we've yet to see Ted Leonsis do that. So until a change is made, until until a real change is made, as opposed yeah. to hiring people within the team, you're going to keep seeing this. You saw it with Kelly Uber, you saw it with Otto Porter, you saw it with Troy Brown. Wouldn't surprise me if you see it with Daniel Gafford in a couple of years. And they'll justify it because the Wizards do that. They're great at are justifying gonna, their moves. Are we going to see it with Rui? Are we, we going to see it with Denny? Are we going to see it with all Wouldn't these young guys? shock me. You're seeing it right now. The way they're talking about Denny Avdia, describing his struggles. Yeah, he missed a couple of threes. You should have been. He missed a dunk. He's missing some key defensive rotations. He just got to the NBA. He's been in and out the rotation in terms of starting, not starting. He started against the Pistons. Uh, Garrison Matthews is playing more minutes. He's playing off the ball, spot-up shooter, even though he's never a spot-up shooter. You didn't you, you didn't draft right. him to be a spot-up shooter. Yeah. Why did you draft him? Because he was a tall, creative big man, right? So, Ben, we, so really, we might be just really this talking insanity, about what, what, what this, this could happen to Denny. This could happen to Rui. I mean, why not? If it happened to Kelly, if it happened to – I mean, to, to now Troy Brown, I mean, this, I mean, obviously if they don't have what a one, a number one pick in John wall, a number three pick in Bradley Beal. If, if, if that's not the case, then, then everyone's pretty much tradable, right? Have they proven that in the past, what, 10 years? Well, Sure. They're all tradable because you're punting on your draft picks or you're admitting that you can't draft well And either of those two options are horrible. And here, I hate to say this lockdown wizards fans, Troy Brown Jr. had a way better rookie year than Denny Abdia. And that's not Denny Abdia's fault. But, like, sure, if it can happen to Troy Brown after the rookie year he had, after the promising start to his career that he had in D.C., it can happen to, it can happen to Denny. It's happening before our I eyes. Just, I feel like when Troy Brown came into the league, you know, as that 19-year-old, like, like Denny, Troy Brown was given a role, and, he, and they stuck with that role all year. Denny... It's very, it's, it's a lot different, right? I mean, he, we started the season as a starter, then ripped out of it at like after what, 16, 17 games. And it's been up in, in his minutes have been so up and down ever, ever since. And against Detroit, he was plugged back into that starting role. And then after the game, Scott Brooks, Scott, I mean, Scott Brooks, uh, he, he kind of went off on him. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically so, questioned everything he did. Uh, but that, that's the thing, man. These players need consistent roles. They need to be patient. This team needs to be patient. They're going all in in the playoffs like they have a shot. What are you doing? The team. This is not all in. If this is all in for for Tommy Shepard, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to puke right here. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to say. I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. They'll tell you that they're going all in. They'll tell you that the playoffs is the goal. But when Tommy got hired, he said that the playoffs weren't the goal. We want to win a championship in a couple of years. We want to compete. Why do we want to make the eighth seed only to get bounced? No one should aim for that. But what are they doing this season? They're doing that. They want to make a play-in spot, even though 10 of the 15 bad teams in Eastern Conference make that. They, I, I just this don't team's understand goals, how... These goals are, are sad. They're sad. How Daniel Gafford and an absent tr- Chandler Hutchinson can give them that, I have they no won't. clue. How, how... I just don't... Un- I would love to know what was said during the conversations during this uh, when they were in their war room, whatever they call it, uh, when, when they were you know making these trades. But Bradley Beal, he obviously you know he's he got the he got word from Tommy or whoever before, uh, and he tweeted, "Here we go, right, Ben." And 
And then his wife tweeted that frustrated face, right? So it's like, oh, here we go. The Bulls are getting all-star uh, Nikola Vucevic. The the Nuggets are getting uh, a really solid role guy in Aaron Gordon. And, and you're going to get a second-round pick in Daniel Gafford. And hopefully you turn him into Tyson Chandler, Brad. Sorry. So, yeah, if, not if Chandler Hutchinson, if if next year begins and he's off the Wizards, then pretty much the the uh, Washington Wizards traded a 15, their 15th overall pick. Um, Mo Wagner for a Daniel Look, Gafford, uh, and who knows how long he'll even be in Washington for. Ben, David so. David Aldridge made a really good point. Um, after this trade, Tommy Shepard said that he likes Chandler Hutchinson because he's a he's not the best shooter in the world, but he's a long defensive player. Who does that sound like to you, Rui? Sounds like Rui and Isak Bonga to me. You got Isak Bong on the team. So why do you need another long defense, defensive player who can't shoot? Well, they refuse well, to play Isak. They and, refuse and, to play and, him so, too. So that's the point. So you have these guys who you don't even trust to play, and now you have another guy who you don't trust to play. Hey, you have too many of the same players on the roster. You need to figure it out, and you need to get veterans who can contribute from day one. Chandler Hutchinson, with all due respect, had a, had a, had a rough start to his career in Chicago. Hasn't played in two months. We don't know what you're going to get there, and chances are you're not going to get much. Because he couldn't get minutes in Chicago, and that Chicago team pre <laughs> when he was playing was bad, right? And now now you expect him to come in and what become run or test overnight? No, exactly. you need veteran guys. You have too many of the same young guys. And Ben, if he does play, maybe Scott will play him like a Jerome Robinson. Have him sit for two months, bring him in yeah, for eighteen minutes, you know, out of nowhere, and then and Ben, it's all frustrating to see. It's all really really strange to watch it unravel. But if we're gonna take anything from this segment, Troy Brown. For some reason, you're out there listening, man. We wish you we wish you the best, and um, we're happy for you. We um and we can't wait to see a team actually uh use your skills um usefully and to watch him prosper because that's going to happen. Uh, he's gonna have he'll have a job in this in, in this league for a while. So I also want to make note before we move on the fact that we're not we're not trying to make um Daniel Gafford appear as if he's a, an incompetent player if he won't play well in Washington because he he will. I mean, the Wizards needed a big man who can defend, but this says a lot more about what we talked about. We talked about how the Wizards got here. It's not right. the fact that they made the trade, it's the fact that they how they got against, to the trade. Nothing this against nothing Gafford. Against Daniel Gafford. Nothing against Gafford or or Chandler at all. This is right, everything. Everything is against Tommy Shepard at this point. My friend Tommy, I know you're not listening. Hopefully you are. But, man, this is your fault right now. It's yes. tough. It's tough. I mean, you look at the roster construction. I, I don't think he'll publicly admit that, that things have gone wrong. But much of this roster construction doesn't make much sense. The fact that they held on to the veterans at the trade deadline, I can't make much sense of. But look, these these are these are you know decision makers like Scott Brooks and Tommy Shepard are on their their last season of their contracts, right. and I think there's going to be consequences of that. And if there's not, you have to be a Wizards fan. And you have to look at look at this and say that you know they're they're content with with being four games better than the Pistons, who are basically operating with an unrecognizable NBA team. But we got another interesting topic to get uh, to talk about. Bradley Beal suffered an injury on Saturday. I think this could mean a lot more about the Wizards' trajectory than, than Scott Brooks made out. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know about rockauto.com. I love my car, Harold. He is incredibly efficient, sort of like Robin Lopez. Nothing he can do goes wrong. But if some odd reason occurs and, and something does go wrong with Harold, I go to rockauto.com. I save some money, and I get the same wonderful parts. But 
for a lot cheaper. It's the best prices by the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear, hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. It's all the parts you'll ever need on rockauto.com. Anthony and I have been talking about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. They send him boxes upon boxes and they're gone within days. Built Bar, it's the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein tasting protein bar. But guess what? It's Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. It's a tough matchup for me. It's probably two of my favorite flavors. This is why they've gotten this far into Built Bar Madness. They're both indulgent, delicious, they're classic flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com or Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back tomorrow to see who won today's matchup. Get more analysis on top prospects available in this year's NBA draft. And if you're a Wizards fan, you'll probably want to check it out because the Wizards going to the lottery, listen to the Lockdown NBA Draft podcast. You'll get scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Lockdown NBA Draft. Anthony, uh, we talked about the Wizards' moral loss slash win on Saturday against the Pistons, but they suffered a loss given that Bradley Beal hurt his hip. After the game, Scott Brooks said he would give us an, an update on the injury. As of Sunday night, we haven't really gotten an update I wouldn't think too deeply into that because it is Sunday. I'm sure we'll get something tomorrow, uh, a.k.a. Monday. But after the game, Scott said that he's been around a lot of guys who can bounce back, and Brad might be one of the best ones. So what do you think about this injury? I mean, if I'm the Wizards, the playoffs are a distant distant hope. Um, Brad is your franchise player. I don't see why you'd throw him out there if he's hurt. We saw them do a similar thing with Russell Westbrook. How do you think they should approach this? Do you think they should shut him down for a little bit? Or do you think that they should let him play through pain, as as I guess Scott suggested that he could do? Right, Ben. Um, you know, this is turning out to be a, a pretty sad podcast. And I know the beginning of the year, that's what their plan was with, with Russell Westbrook. You and I were very against that. Um, I'm against any team, any sport anything really trying to ask your players um, to play injured. I'm against that. Um, Obviously if it's something minor and then you're in like a final situation, if you're in the playoffs for sure, guys like that want to push through it, but we're sitting here a very, very subpar season. um, Awful, awful season. It really has turned out to be. And Bradley Beal now has, has this lingering injury and they, and Scott, made those comments about, you know, maybe he, you know, it makes no sense to have him push through this. It makes no sense whatsoever for what, and Ben, you're right for best case scenario. What an eight seed bounced in four games, five games. If you're lucky, does it, was that worth it? No. I mean, if, if Bradley needs to, uh, if he's injured, if he's ailing, he needs to sit until he can play again. He's 27 years old. There's no reason to risk that. Um, and I'm speaking mainly for his career and his career only because that, I mean, I mean, at this point, at this point in the season, that's what matters. And, uh, especially, you know, we all love Brad. We all, we, we all want to see him succeed and be in that MVP conversation year after year after year. And that's, and that's great, but I want to see him heal. I want to see him be back on the floor, fully healthy because, um, it, it's, it does stink when, when players are, are hurt, when, when key players like that are out. 
uh, like Brad, but it's much better for them to uh, obviously, you know, to heal and come back. Look what we saw with Kevin Durant in 2019 with the Warriors. Obviously, he was pressured to come back in the finals. He did. Ended up awful. You don't want to see that ever with any player. Superstar or not, I don't care if they're the 15th player in the roster. You never, ever want to see that with any player, and they should never have to be asked to do so. If they want to do it, that's totally up to them, for sure. But, um, no. For, for Bradley, uh, for Bradley Beal right now, I, I'd say let him heal. He's 27 years old, and this season is looking um, like it's going straight to the lottery, Ben. Yeah, that's my take on it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think there are situations where – players should maybe consider playing through pain, right? If you're in the finals and you want to play through pain, it's chances are, you know, 100%. most players don't reach the finals. You right. can justify playing through pain, right. but if you're in the well, wizard situation, absolutely. Yeah. If you're in a wizard situation where the season's gotten past the point of being salvageable, as in like you get to the eighth seed, if that's your goal and then you get absolutely smashed by the Brooklyn Nets, if that's your goal, then you got to look yourself in the mirror and reevaluate your goal setting. Because what, what, your goal is to miss the lottery because you want to get destroyed by Kevin Durant for four games? What? Who wants that? So if that's your goal, you got to reevaluate how you're operating as a franchise. More importantly here, Brad's got bigger fish to fry. The season will come and go. No one will remember this Wizards season but the Wizards because they've been absolutely putrid. Bradley Beal's got a career after this season. He needs to rest up. He needs to heal up. And if you're the Wizards, Bradley Beal helps you win games. At this point in the season, you probably don't even want to do that because winning games isn't going to benefit you. And that's a sad thing to say. It's sad to say that this team should probably consider tanking. And it's sad to say that they're probably tanking even though they don't want to. This team is losing. Yeah, and the only reason why they should consider that is because of what they have to work with, right? I mean, obviously, uh, a Thomas Bryant early in the season would have been huge for this team. Him going down that... That was one of the biggest things for this team. But the biggest, Not giving the them biggest, no, yeah, the biggest wrench for this team was what Tommy Shepard and his team did to put the to put the Wizards together. They did not do a good job at all. There was all. no sense of urgency with how they worked. Um, it was Robin Lopez. It was Howell Neto in the offseason, and that was it. Yeah. And, and, and for that. a trade deadline trade, that's ridiculous. I mean, nothing against Daniel Gafford at all. I don't want it to make it sound like – like we are absolutely tearing him apart and Chandler Hutchinson. That is a ridiculous trade to make for this team. It's a ridiculous trade if you want to win games. It's it's not a ridiculous trade if you're admitting that you're you're gonna, for lack of a better word, suck for the next couple of years. Because if you're gonna suck for the next couple of years, you get players who you can kind of tinker with, see what you have in them. But the Wizards, hey, you got Russell him. Westbrook, who's 32 years old, and you've got Bradley Beals in the prime of his career. This team doesn't want to suck. They signed Davis Bertans to an 80 million dollar deal. They don't want to exactly. suck. Exactly. Yet they made moves like a team that wants right. to suck, yeah. which is oh, like, so confusing. Like the Orlando Magic, they want to suck right now, right? Yes, Obviously, they want to suck. They want to suck, and that's fine. I love – honestly, their moves, great. They're they're rebuilding in a, in a fine way, right? They got young guys. They shipped out all their stars. Uh, well, uh, Vujovic, but Ben, you're right. Them making this trade made absolutely no sense for what they have, and what they have – Two guys we're talking about, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, right? Those two guys, You, th- this is, I mean, Russ, he has a handful of years left in the league. He's 32 years old. Obviously, these guys want to win. Obviously, Bradley Beal wants to win. They did not put together a team that is capable of winning at all. No, you're right. And 
that speaks to, I think, uh, the greater issues that have been deeply rooted within this team for 20 years almost, right? But, dude, this is not on – it's not on Brad. It's not on Russ. It's of course not. not. On, it's I literally mean, not on any of these players. It is – I mean, I, I'm sorry to put all the blame on Tommy, Tommy Shepard, but, hey, man, your boss, he built the castle before, you know, and, and you were yeah. there. He yeah, built no. the castle while you were sitting around, right? I mean, and you were doing your work. Not to say that he wasn't doing his job, but, Ben – this is on him, man. It has to be on. It has to be on the front office. It has. It to. has to be on everybody who has the decision-making power. And some right. of them, right. Scott. Some of that's on Tommy. And it's also partially on the front office or the or the ownership group for not making any changes. For not putting pressure on this team to win. I mean, th- your mandate was make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Really? That's it. You want to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? That that's your goal. And that's, everyone, including gross. everyone, including you and I, we were on that boat, right? They made the trade. They got Russ. We said, all right, in the East, all we kept thinking, all right, no, they're in the East. They're in the East, sure. They'll get a six, seven, or eight seed. Six right? seed oh. is a lot different than eight in the East. Because six seed, you can squeak your way to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Six no, seed, right. you might as well be you third. Right. No, but in, in the Eastern right. Conference, you're, you're squeaking right. the eighth seed? You're but practically ben, the 14th seed. There's, a, I, there's not much of a difference between the eighth I, seed and 14th in the Eastern Conference. I truly thought that this team would have been in the mix with the, what, Six or six or seven teams that are literally like yeah. a, game of, a game apart right now in the East. I thought the Wizards would have been in that mix. I know you did too, Ben. Uh, but you're right. That's the goal. Like you need to reevaluate your, you know, your goals. Then you need to reevaluate how how you put you know build the team around a stud like Bradley Beal and and an app and a, and a monster vet in Russell Westbrook that he's 32 years old. He does not have many of these years left, and you're pretty much sitting here saying, "Hey, we wasted one of those." A team that is built around an elite scorer, two elite offensive players in Russ and Brad, has shooters around them, and you have bigs that can run the floor block shots. Not here. Two things the Wizards didn't have were shooters around them and bigs that can run and block shots. I mean, you look at team, look look at James Harden's teams, right? In Houston, right? We're going to compare James Harden to Bradley Beal for a second because they're both elite-level scorers, and basically they were the only scorers on that team. The Rockets team had only shooters around him and big men that can run and block shots when they had a big like Clint Capella, right? Hey, and you had another shot creator in Chris Paul. Listen. But you had shooters. You had P.J. Tucker. You had Ben McLemore. You had Eric Gordon. Uh, the Wizards, you look at this and you had, with all due respect, Garrison Matthews, Davis Bertans, and a bunch of other dudes who can't shoot. So just the roster composition just never made any sense. And, but you, you already brought, you brought up the point earlier in this segment why that that's different why those situations are completely different ownership in houston is it is it is so different than in washington an owner that actually cares that wants to be a part of the culture that wants to grow this team that wants to win ownership in dc they're not like a mark cuban they're not like a mr fertita they're not like all they're not like you know uh you know um steve bowman whatever his name is in uh in in Los, An- Los Angeles, Ben, all these guys, uh, all these owners, you know, they, they're, I know they're few and far between, right? But Ben in Washington, that's not the case. The ownership group is not hands-on the way that guys like Mark Cuban and you know Mr. Petita are in in Houston. So so yes, Ben, I will say right though, there, right there, I and then I mean, if, that, if, um... if, but if the front office is not getting pressure from from outside ownership, right? 
they pretty much have reins to do whatever it is, right? I mean, like if, if James Dolan was not putting pressure on Phil Jackson when he was the president of basketball op- operations, right? Phil Jackson pretty much is running the Knicks and doing whatever the hell he wants, right? At that point. So pretty much, if that's the case in Washington, Tommy Shepard is his own boss right now. If no one's putting any pressure on him. I will say, uh, but one caveat. I mean, Tillman Fertitta has his own issues. I, 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 I don't, I don't. Think, I think most people don't want to play for Houston for partially him. I'll just say that I think he has his own issues. But I think your point is, I think your point is right in the sense that a lot of the owners around the league. You mentioned a Mark Cuban. Um, a lot of, a lot of teams like the Mavericks. The, the, the hope is that you win a championship, and their moves signify the sense that if they're not going to win within the next three years, they're clearly building to win within four or five, right? We saw Philly. I know we, we've talked about Philly's rebuild and how, and how they kind of just delved into the rebuild and, and how they tanked. Right. But you saw what they were trying to do. In Washington, you're not really seeing what they're doing. It's like you're telling me you want to compete for the playoffs, yet you have guys who clearly can't lead your team to the playoffs. Where if Brad, God forbid, got hurt like he did on Saturday, if he misses some time, this, this team can't win. Right. Period. No, I mean, right. there, there are Bradley Beal injury or five games missed from Bradley Beal of absolutely being done. And they're already close to that with Brad in. So it just says a lot about this team's depth. No, you're right. You're right. I don't want to end this. I don't want to end the podcast on a negative note in the sense that I do feel as if changes will come. I do. I, I don't want to be hopelessly optimistic with this team, but I do think that this is a serious, serious mismanagement of the team i mean there's if you're an owner and you're spending 80 million dollars on the backcourt and the best you can get is 13th or 14th in eastern conference Listen. um I, I think if you're the billionaire who's signing these checks i think you're going to look at the wizards and say hey we we, we wasted a lot of money this right year. but that's a group of them right but if i know i butchered his name earlier in the segment but steve balmer yeah. one stagnant you know billionaire right there super obviously one of the richest if not is he the richest owner in the league. I don't, I don't know if he is, if it's more rich than Very well might be. I mean, they're all so rich. Right. It's like they're all right. They're all so, so rich. Right. But Ben, um, with Washington, multiple, multiple owners. Right. So, I mean, Steve Ballmer, he seems so hands-on Mark Cuban, so hands-on all like, you know, and, and many, many other owners too, super, super hands-on. And, uh, and, but I mean, Ted yeah, ben, said he would too. I mean, he said he'd be more hands-on. He he's he's I mean, saying it for sure, but look, man, again, this is a guy. This is the guy, Anthony, who spoke to Barack Obama before hiring Tommy Shepard. He spoke to everyone he knew. Every seventy-eight people, in fact, he spoke to. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I wish I was kidding. Seventy-eight people. Ted Leonsis said, said he spoke to seventy-eight people, including Barack Obama and Greg Popovich, and his best idea was, "I'm going to hire." Ernie Gunfeld, second, second hand man. So that's what I'll leave it at that. You, you, you had went, you had went through a months long vetting process. Hired one of the most expensive vetting companies in the in the world. All right. You interviewed Troy Weaver, Danny Ferry, Gerson Rosas, who ended up being the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, hey. You hired and you hired. You went through, you 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 interviewed Tim Connolly. You begged him to come, but right. you didn't interview his right hand man. One well, hey, being the GM of the Chicago Bulls. I hear you on all that, Ben. I I don't want to. Let make me Tommy... get Barack Obama's number on speed dial, only to not take his advice. Imagine that. Imagine having <laughs> Barack Obama's number on speed dial, and he's like, "Hey, Anthony, uh, I think you should do this." And Barack Obama's telling you that, and you'd be like, "Man, eh, Barack, I think I, I think I'll do Y instead." You told me to do Y. I could say, Barack, I'll do Y. See, I don't know if I'd be able to do that, Barack. Shout out to you, man. He's he's a great guy. But no, Ben. I don't, I don't want to make Tommy sound like a 
a you know a mini me of um well, you don't want to make him sound i'm not i'm not saying i'm making of him ernie grunfeld right i'm like, saying that his like, tenure so far doesn't look all that different okay okay so yes for, for one season or uh the, the the two seasons last year the, the the strange COVID season for sure this year still lingering COVID but still I don't want to make him sound like a mini me of Ernie Grunfeld Why? but but Why? Cause I, you don't you, that would hurt people well well no because Ernie had 16 years so of, did Tommy uh well Tommy was not making the final the final decisions though oh right? man right That's, I mean come on our, but so so you're sitting here saying that those 16 years he I would have made every decision that, same dude so, I mean. If, I, dude, if, if, I if there's a, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt right now that he's that's crazy. Not I'm not. I'm sorry. If if you work somewhere for 20 years and you're, you're, you're telling me you have no decision exact, making power, that's insane. But no, I'm 16 you, years. That's six, insane. 16 years. Ernie Grunfeld signed off on every treat. So you're saying that that. So you think that Tommy Shepard he had the reins on, on a lot of, on a lot of decisions? I'll say this. I know for a fact that he wanted Deion Vesely more than a lot of people in that organization. I'll okay. say that. Okay. I know that for a fact. Okay. All right. I know that you got a lot of pull, uh, and you got, and you know, a lot of people within the organization. I'm, not, I'm also not saying that he's the same as Ernie Grunfeld, but I'm saying that yeah, I'm, that's I'm, all I'm saying here is I don't, I don't want to jump down his throat and say that, Hey, you are the same I'm exact thing as Ernie, Ernie Grunfeld, Grunfeld and you are a problem. You need to be gone. I'm saying that, Hey, your trade on, on the trade headline night sucked awful. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's what I'm saying here. And you, you know what and, though? You look at all the other moves. Hey, signing Robin Lopez and Hal Neto, yes, uh, right. not giving you an A plus right. for that either. You're right. We can blame him for. We can blame the whole front office. Who, if Scott Brooks is is if he's tied into making decisions, um, you know, uh, for for during the offseason, then sure. Anyone who signs off to, uh, on decisions to, to 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 grow this team after they traded for Russell Westbrook, before that making signings, they should be blamed, right, Ben? And that's what we're honestly. That's what this podcast is all about right now. I just, I just, I just, I just want one thing. I just want one thing, Anthony. Before I let these guys go, after a, after a long and I hope not too depressing podcast, but a real, we bring realism to the Washington Wizards podcast. standard. I'll yeah. say this: this team needs to take accountability for it. You can't start blaming the players who get paid to do what they're doing. I, I'm not going to blame Jerome Robinson for for being no. an unproductive NBA player because he's never shown to be a productive NBA player. And if you don't play for eight years and then you're put out on the M, uh, on the NBA right. floor for 20 minutes, wh- what are they expected to do? I'm not going to. That's right. ridiculous. You're right. I'm not going to blame Denny Abdia for not being a catch and shoot shooter because you know what, he's never. A he's catch not. And shoot shooter. I'm not going to blame Troy Brown Jr. for not being a catch and shoot shooter because he was never that. I'm not going to ask Robin Lopez to be a Hakeem Olajuwon in the post because he should have never been asked to, to right. show showcase the hook shot that he suddenly showcases. Washington. So Love we got front office and coaching staff to accept to have some accountability for once, right? Say that you know what we messed up in Troy Brown Jr.'s development, and I, and I hope he succeeds in Chicago, as opposed to saying you know what um, we needed a rim protector and Daniel Gafford is a keeper. No, let's be honest with what's going on in Washington, as opposed to living this, in this in this false reality that they've created for themselves, and that won't change until they have an objective, fresh view on this team, which they haven't had in 16 years, and that's where Tommy Shepard comes. In. I, and I get. I get why Scott said it. I mean, no, Ben, I agree with everything that you just said. But Scott obviously is saying this for for morale in, in the locker Where's room. Where's the accountability? Uh, what morale? No, you're right. You're, you're right. There is no no one has accepted any sort of accountability yet. But that's coming, my friend. That will come once they do not make the playoffs. Maybe it might. We'll see. Listen, it's gonna I mean, it's, sooner or later. It's going to come. I mean, because firing sooner or later. Happen. We said that for sixteen years with Ernie, right? With Ernie, right? I mean, may, maybe that won't happen, right? Maybe that won't happen this offseason. I I'm thinking differently. I think 
that that we'll see some new faces at some point, whether or not we'll we'll, which maybe positions? they're new in the sense that they've already been here for 16 years. <laughs> I don't know. How new are right. you if you've been coming to a, if you just show if you just get a new office? Right. So you're so you know. think so you think they should have went with an outside hire, Mister or Mrs. Know. Outside hire? I don't know. Well, right, right, <laughs> exactly. We don't know yet, but we do know this season is creeping up. Ben, what are we? What, what, under thirty games right now. Got under Left. thirty games, and and okay. I think if you're if you're um, have been watching the season, I think um, they can kind of. If this was an NBA two K season, you'd hit simulate to end. That's Absolutely. all I'll say. It's <laughs> it's not been the best, Ben. But again, we do want to welcome Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson. Oh, that's hilarious! After an hour you know, of like, right? who are you? I've never heard of you. Uh, oh, yeah. no, by the way, Literally, good luck in DC. Just, uh, and and that's all. And that is all on us being angry. For, for them being traded for two um, uh, much more capable players. It's not on them. It's not on Daniel Gafford. It's not on Chandler Hutchinson. They just were traded for two better players than them. And hey, that's, and, and, and that's maybe we'll get egg on our face. Maybe Daniel Gafford does turn into, into Tyson Chandler. But if I, I always want it on my face. Yeah. Throw egg on my face. I always In these situations, I always hope that I am wrong. I hope. Me ben, too. I've I been do. hoping for 16 years. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've yet, listen, I've yet listen, to be wrong. I don't know. Ben, locked on listener, uh, listeners, you guys need to understand that Ben is, he still has nightmares every night about Ernie. Okay. He he, he still has nightmares thinking that he's going to wake up and he's still not has alone. To, and, and he's still living under the reign of Ernie Grunfeld, as I'm guessing a lot of Because you know why? Because when I squint hard, I can't really see much of a difference. <laughs> and I know, I know that I need glasses and stuff. I know I do. But they tell me there's another person running the team. But then I see the trades and stuff and I'm like, hold on. The, the, I imagine one day Tommy will walk out in press conference and just rip off his Tommy Shepard mask and it will be and Ernie. Boom, all he's along. Ernie. And he's just, he's, yeah. it's, been, it's still Ernie. It wouldn't shock me. But guess what, Lockdown Wizards fans? The season continues, guys. The season continues. We want to thank you for listening. Indiana Pacers coming up, baby. Indiana Pacers. Uh, we would make a prediction, but let's be honest. That's basically just like just throwing a dart at the wall at this point and just hoping it hits where you say. So we won't do that today. But we hope that you come back tomorrow. We hope we didn't scare you away with this podcast. And we hope that you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you prefer your podcast. For Anthony, it's Lockdown Wizards. And as always, we'll be here again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.